Welcome to the Feel Her Awesome Show. I'm your host, Jess. I'm a wife and a mama, and like you, juggling all the things like work and misbehaved but really cute dogs. I'm a sports dietitian and empowered eating coach. I am obsessed with nutrition science and helping you crank up the volume on your body's biofeedback and turn down the noise on diet culture. Let's pivot your relationship with food and your body from distrust to a confident bond with a deeper definition of what makes you beautiful. Strap on your seatbelt, sister, because empowered eating will change your life. Well, hey there, Fuel Her Awesome friends. I'm so excited. I have a super special guest for you guys today. Her name is Dr. Heather Finley. She is a registered dietitian who helps people who are struggling with bloating, constipation, IBS. I mean, we all have struggled with this at some point. Well, she helps these folks find relief from their symptoms. And this is my favorite part, feel excited about food again. Heather has struggled with her own digestive issues for nearly 20 years and understands firsthand the impact that nutrition, lifestyle, and mindset can have on our digestive health. Gut health shouldn't be restrictive, stressful, or all-consuming, and she has developed a simple way that helps individuals reduce digestive symptoms and add foods back into their diet. Dr. Heather has a doctorate in clinical nutrition from Maryland University of Integrative Health, and her work has been featured on Good Morning Texas and in Mind Body Green, Yahoo Life, and Very Well Health. Heather, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. I am so excited to pick your brain. I actually saw you speak a couple months ago at our International Symposium for Eating Disorder Specialists. And what I loved about you is when you started off with statistics, and then you also had like dancing cartoons in your presentation. <laughs> Oh yeah. The dancing, uh, the poop, um, dancing through the digestive tract. Yes. Um, I that was a hit. loved it. Well, I loved it. Cause I'm like, okay, here's the science and some fun. So thanks for coming on the show. Now you mentioned that you've struggled with digestive health for about 20 years. Tell us a little bit about your story and how you came to be a dietitian specializing in gut health. Yeah. So I always say that I was born constipated, which sounds very <laughs> sad, um, but it's the reality of the situation. I don't think that I actually realized how much of a problem I had until I was a teenager. I honestly thought that everybody just felt the way that I did because I didn't know anything different. So I always struggled with constipation. I always had a stomach ache. I always struggled with bloating and it just caused a lot of just conflict as a young girl, really, um, you know, confused about why my stomach hurt all the time, confused about why I couldn't go to the bathroom. Um, and so you know, eventually once I realized that nobody else felt the way that I did or other people didn't feel the way that I did, especially in my family, I, my mom took me to doctors after doctor after doctor and pretty much their solution was, well, just take Miralax or you mm -hmm. need to drink more water. And actually the digestive issues that I had were giving me terrible headaches. Um, I now knowing what I know, I'm like, I know for sure that those things had to be connected and their solution was like, well, just wake up and take an ibuprofen every single day. Oh, geez. Okay. Well, that's not going to be helpful like long-term. And so anyways, it kind of sent me down this path of trying to understand my digestive issues. On the second hand, I know you were talking earlier about, um, being a CSSD. I was a swimmer my whole life and I swam in college. And so when I was looking at what I wanted to study in college and what I wanted to do, really, I was like, 
all right, I'm going to study nutrition because Mm -hmm. this will selfishly help me figure out what I can eat to swim as fast as possible, but it will also help me understand how to fix my digestive issues. And so sadly I graduated college still just as constipated and (laughs) having stomach issues even more than I, when I entered um, and kind of just feeling like a fraud. I mm-hmm. thought, well, I just spent four years and however much money, you know, trying to figure out digestion. And I feel more confused than ever, more fearful of food than ever. And mm-hmm. how am I, maybe I picked the wrong career, honestly, like maybe mm-hmm. I picked the wrong career. How am I going to help other people if I can't even help myself? And so long story short, it kind of sent me down this journey of looking into more functional nutrition. And um, I was determined to figure out what was going on. So started looking at just alternative ways to uh, fix the gut. That's really when the microbiome kind of started getting a little bit of uh, its moment in the news. And Um, it fascinated me. Um, It was nothing that we had ever learned about in school. And so I just decided I'm going to keep exploring this. And so when I got my doctorate and that's when the huge light bulb moments went off and I realized that I had been approaching my gut health all wrong. I for years thought that the reason that I was constipated was because of something I was eating. And I thought that the solution was to just keep cutting things out until I figured out what that food was. But the reality was I was so undernourished because of the lack of variety in my diet. I was so stressed about food, which was affecting my digestion. I was overtrained from being an athlete my entire life. Even after college, I went on to do triathlons and um, seriously underfueled. And so I had this huge light bulb moment or multiple light bulb moments realizing, wow, my digestive health is so much more than just what I eat. And In fact, it's what I'm not eating in some sense that's actually causing these symptoms. So I always tell people, you don't have to go get a doctorate to figure out your digestive (laughs) issues. I already did that. Um, And so now it's really my life's work and mission to help as many women as possible and really individuals as possible find relief from digestive symptoms without having to do these restrictive elimination diets. Um, you know, you often hear of like low FODMAP or whole 30 or whatever. And people saying like, yeah, I felt great for a couple of weeks, but then the symptoms came right back. So really my goal is let's figure out what's actually at the root of your symptoms, resolve that so that you can, like you said, in my bio, love food again and enjoy food again Mm -hmm. and not be stressed about food. I love that. Okay. Wait, so much right there. So much goodness. So like one of the things I love that you highlighted is that it was in high school, you just kind of thought this was normal. Like you had just, it's like you were the fish in water and didn't even know you were in water, right? It had become exactly what your life was and didn't even know you had gut issues. Now, at what point in college did you realize like that wasn't normal and something was wrong? So I think I realized this actually in high school, but then because my mom had taken me to these doctors and they really weren't able to provide a solution, I'd kind of just lost hope and like, okay, well, they can't help me. So I'm going to go to college to fix myself. And then in college realized like, I have no idea how to fix myself. (laughs) In fact, everything I'm doing is making this worse. But I like, I was kind of felt like I was just on this hamster wheel of like, yeah, everything's getting worse, but I don't really know what to do. Um, So just kind of spinning in circles a little bit. 
Yeah. And how, what, how timely that was that like then the microbiome research started coming out. And it's funny you say that. Yeah. I learned nothing about the microbiome in college. It was like for constipation, it was fiber fluids and movement with the RX for that one. (laughs) Fiber fluids, movement. It's like, okay, if that worked, then there wouldn't be all these people with digestive Mm -hmm. issues, you know, like fiber fluid and movement, all great things, but like, it's a lot more complex than that. Right. So you went and got your doctorate in it and you had mentioned that you realized a lot of what was keeping you stuck was overtraining and underfueling. So tell me a little bit about what that does to your gut health. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk about underfueling first because um, overtraining kind of comes into play there. But, you know, really at the end of the day, your body um, kind of functions a little bit like an energy equation. You know, it's your body is really smart. So it has to decide where it's going to give resources. And if it doesn't have enough resources, then it's going to take resources away from things that are not essential. And oddly enough, your gut is not essential because your heart, your lungs, your brain, those things are essential. Um, Those things have to keep working for you to be alive. Your gut, I mean, like, Yes, it should be working, but it can go a lot longer without fuel than your brain can um, and without you getting oxygen via your lungs. So at the end of the day, when someone is under fueled and under eating, it really just comes down to that energy equation. There's not enough energy left. We often tell our clients, because this is something most of our clients struggle with, is you, at the end of the day, you're just not eating enough to mm-hmm. have a bowel movement. And so you feel really bloated and constipated because you are, but you don't have the energy to actually push things through. And so, mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately you're full of stool, but the only thing to actually get that stool out is eating more and fueling yourself appropriately. And so overtraining comes into that as well when it's it's a resource issue. You know, if you are depleting your body so much from training, um, I think for a lot of my life, I was very overtrained and had no idea. I was a competitive swimmer. And so, I mean, our practices were like two a day in high school, mm-hmm. 4.45 a.m. to 6.45 a.m. And then I would go to school all day and you know, then I would go to practice after school and it just, that was my life, but I didn't know anything different. And, but looking Mm -hmm. back, I'm like, wow, I think I was severely, severely overtrained. And so, I mean, your body just doesn't have enough resources to recover. And so that's just an added stress. And Mm -hmm. really, I always tell people that stress is the number one cause of digestive issues. And everybody rolls their eyes at me until I explain I'm not just talking about you being stressed about your job or your relationship or being stuck in traffic. I'm talking about stress as it pertains to underfueling, overtraining. Those are all stressors on your body. Even um, not sleeping enough, dehydration, Mm -hmm. those are all stressors on your body. And unfortunately, and fortunately, in some sense, your body doesn't know the difference between being underfueled and being stuck in traffic. So the stress response is the same. Your body's Mm -hmm. thinking there's a tiger sitting right next to me. I need to run away. So I don't need to digest a meal. I need to run. Mm -hmm. And so blood flow is moving away from the gut to the muscles um, so that you can run away from this tiger. And so thank goodness your body has that response because if you 
legitimately were next to a tiger, you would need that response. But that stress response is triggered all day long when you are under eating, under fueling, et cetera. Um, I don't know if you want to get into this, but it's kind of a catch 22. If you have really severe digestive issues, sometimes it can be hard to eat enough because you're so uncomfortable. And so that's where I see a lot of people get stuck is, well, I'm so bloated and I'm so constipated or on the other end of the spectrum, I'm having loose stool. I'm scared to eat because I have to go out and I don't want to have diarrhea. So it can become a really vicious cycle. Yeah. Wow. So much good stuff in there. I love how you said the body is like an energy equation and it keeps what's essential as a priority. And, you know, I think the training feeds into that though, because even though training is not essential, like you're not giving your body the choice. So it has to allocate energy for that. But it's just like in sports world, we talk about how your period shuts down, like, you know, your hormone system is non-essential also. And so you're going to see that period stop if you're a female and shut down. I love that that look at it. And then thinking of stress beyond just, yeah, I'm stressed out of my job. I'm stressed out from juggling all the balls. It's actually like all of the stressors I'm putting on my life from, Mm -hmm. yeah, amazing stuff. So, so when you work with people and, you know, they come to you, they roll their eyes at you because they're like, Oh, it's stress. You know what, how do you pull them in and talk them through really taking stress seriously and getting to some of those foundationals of gut health? So I like to explain it like a bucket. So the, what I want everybody to hear from this is we're the goal is not to get rid of all the stress in your life. That's impossible. And if you are hearing this thinking like, well, I guess I'm just going to struggle with digestive issues forever because I can't get rid of these stressors. Like I have a high stress job that I can't get rid of, or I have, you know, a child with special needs and that's stressful. Like there's sometimes there's just things in your life that are stressful. So Mm -hmm. we're not trying to get rid of all the stress, but we are trying to drain that stress bucket. So if you think of all the things that are causing stress in your life, maybe it's your job, maybe it's your marriage, maybe it's friendships, maybe it's lack of sleep, maybe it's under eating, overtraining, um, digestive issues. That's a stress on the body. If you have bacterial overgrowth in your gut or an infection or poor digestion, that's a stressor, you know, lack of a period that's stressful. So we're adding up all the stressors. And then what we want to do is we want to poke holes in the bottom of the bucket and see how can we drain the water out. So it's not overflowing. So, you know, nourishing yourself, getting enough sleep, staying hydrated, implementing stress management throughout your day. Maybe that's like taking a walk for 15 minutes between, you know, calls or on your lunch break where you don't take your phone and just listening to the birds, um, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to not scroll on your screen at night, which everybody, myself included is guilty of. Um, so Mm -hmm. just finding ways to poke holes in the bottom of that stress bucket and then addressing your digestive issues that will help to relieve that stress bucket as well. I love that you say that because you're right. We can't get rid of the stress that I know like a lot of the clients, when we talk about gut health and they get their gut in a healthy spot, you know, we, we, I talk about poop all the time. I'm sure you do, but they're like, I had like healthy poop this week and we're all excited. And then next week something happens and it's messed up again. You know, they get so discouraged. Like, how am I supposed to maintain this? And I love how you make that really tangible for people and reachable. It's like, okay, I can reduce it in these areas. So you said nourish, like eat enough. Mm-hmm. Um, get some sleep, get on a, I'm guessing like sleep hygiene, a regular schedule, 
stress mm-hmm. management. It was, was it those three or did I miss one? Um, what did I say? Yeah. Eating enough stress management, sleep, um, hydration, hydration. Um, and then, you know, if you are experiencing digestive issues that are really severe addressing those, like if you have SIBO or you have, you know, dysbiosis in your large intestine, or you have H pylori, or maybe you're not making enough stomach acid or pancreatic enzymes, whatever it is, addressing that is going to reduce a lot of stress on your body too, because if you're actually digesting and absorbing the food that you're eating, you're getting the benefit of all the minerals and the food and the macronutrients. And so overall it's nourishing your body even more. I love that. So I have a question. How do you talk people through some of this transition period? Cause it sounds like, you know, you said earlier that if people are struggling with constipation, they're so constipated, but sometimes the remedy is to actually eat more. And I know like people get really nervous about that. It's like, they're so bloated. They don't want to be any more bloated, but I'm guessing there's like a transition period. Um, like we see that in folks with eating disorders, there is a transition period where we say like, okay, as we start the refeeding process, there will be this time period where it's a little bit uncomfortable. Like, how do you talk people through that and convince them to like go through the bloat? Well, I mean, this sounds like really, I don't know, not severe. I don't know what the word is, but like what you're doing right now is not working, obviously. So like, we're not going to keep, what's the definition of insanity doing the same thing over and over again. So like, why don't we give this a try to see if this helps? Um, because you don't want to be stuck where you are forever. Mm -hmm. If you're not feeling good right now, much easier said than done, of course. So there's lots of things that you can do to make that transition period easier. You know, there's different remedies that you can use to help with the bloating, help with the constipation, different things we can use to get your bowels moving a bit better, um, that aren't like overly complicated and even just different ways that we can cook your food, like probably eating huge, large raw salads, not a great option if you're really constipated and bloated, but really well-cooked soft foods, definitely a great option. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's just looking at, okay, what are you eating on a daily basis? How can we optimize this? And how can we maybe change the form of the food that you're having? Mm -hmm. So you're still potentially having the things that you like, but maybe instead of a raw salad, you're having like cooked vegetables with whatever else you're having. So good. Such helpful tips there. Now, when you work with clients and patients, how do you actually get to the root cause of digestive issues? Yeah. So I like to see it in three steps. Number one is let's look at your medical history. So when did these start? You know, are you like me and you were born constipated? So like, what was your mom's pregnancy like? Did, you know, were you born via C-section? Were you breastfed? Like, let's look at like the beginning of everything. Um, you know, if, if you aren't, and it was like, maybe we hear this all the time. I went to Mexico, I drank the water, I got sick and I've never been the same since. We actually recently had a client and she's like, I know it was from this watermelon that I ate at a 4th of July barbecue. Oh. I know it was bad. And I got really sick and I've never been the same. And so there's sometimes there's like a very distinct event. Like it happened, um, you know, when I got food poisoning or it happened when I went through a divorce, it happened when I, um, you know, after I had babies, et cetera. So looking at your medical history, when did these symptoms start? How have they progressed? When were they better? When were they worse? Then we also step two is let's just look at the day-to-day patterns. So 
are you waking up bloated? Are you not bloated when you wake up, but maybe you get progressively more bloated throughout the day? Are you having a bowel movement every day or are you having too many bowel movements every day? Um, are you burping after meals? Are you bloating after meals? So just the day-to-day -day patterns can actually tell us a lot about why. Um, for example, if you're waking up bloated, you definitely most likely are constipated. Mm -hmm. Um, if you're not clearing your bowels every day, you're probably going to wake up bloated. So that in my mind, you know, it's like, okay, let's explore motility. How can we get gut motility mm -hmm. moving? Um, and then step three is oftentimes we'll use some testing. So we'll look at blood values on labs, or we'll look at minerals. We'll also look at potentially some functional stool testing to look at, okay, what is your good bacteria look like? What does your bad bacteria look like? Do you have H pylori? Do you have, you know, are you actually digesting your food? Do you have adequate pancreatic output? Do you have fat in your stool? That's something that we can look at um, on a stool test. So the testing can definitely be helpful, but uh -huh. you really need step one and two before you even decide, okay, what testing would be appropriate. I love that you put testing there because I think so many people want to jump to the testing mm -hmm. when there are so many other things that can come prior to that, like looking at the history and then looking at the patterns. I love that. Well, I have to, like, I have to sing your praises and share with you something. So after I saw you speak and, and it's all related to like the buildup of how important those steps one and two are. But after I saw you speak, you talked about something called meal hygiene mm -hmm. and looking at like the patterns of your day and making sure your meal hygiene is, is squared away. You're eating your food, you're chewing your food like thoroughly, you're calm, you know, you're actually in a space that it doesn't cause stress if possible or reducing stress when possible. So I had, um, I have two boys as we were talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. And I realized the other, this was after the conference, after I saw you speak, I was like, I am so gassy after dinner. Like what the heck I have a stressful day. I do a lot in the day. And I don't have gas, but it's like, I get home, I eat dinner and I am like, I stink. What is wrong with me? <laughs> I was like, I'm worse than my boys. And I started thinking about it and about my meal hygiene. And what I realized is at dinner time, I am playing referee with my boys. You know, I'm like, sit down, don't hit your brother, eat your food. <laughs> and I am just cramming food in my mouth at dinner. Even though we're trying to have a family dinner, we're really in the season of life where it is very chaotic. You know, he's like, my oldest is leaning back on the chair and I'm like, please don't crack your head open. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Oh, it's just madness. So anyways, after you talked about meal hygiene and looking at some of these day-to-day -day patterns, I started observing how I was eating and I was going, oh my gosh, I need to slow down and taste my food and chew my food, <laughs> maybe not swallow so much air, just take a minute. And literally Heather, that's all I did. And it was, I digested my food completely different. And I love that. Oh, it was incredible. I'm like, oh, now I don't stink after dinner. I'm actually pleasant to be around. <laughs> That's awesome. And I totally relate. I mean, mealtime at my house, I have a four-year-old and a one-year-old. It is not necessarily relaxing. I mean, sometimes I'm just like, I can't do it today. I am not eating with the two of you hooligans. I'm waiting till you go to bed because <laughs> like, I, I'm not going to try to eat this in five minutes. I mean, like last night, my son, he's one and he's like rocking back and forth in his high chair. I'm like, he's going to tip it over. We had to put yes. a 25 pound weight under his high chair to keep it down because I'm like, same thing. You're going to crack your head open. So I totally relate to you on that. One thing that has actually been really helpful is my daughter, she's four and a half. She, um, is very into meal hygiene because I've like made it such a thing, but 
every night before dinner, she is in charge of deciding who the prayer helper is and who the breathing helper is. And so she'll, she'll say, mom, you're the prayer helper, dad, you're the breathing helper. And so someone says the prayer and someone does the breathing. And now my son, it's pretty funny. He's one, he knows like what we're about to do. And he just laughs. So <laughs> like, that's, that's good. He's, you know, all those endorphins, it's improving his digestion. But anyways, I think even if your meals are chaotic, trying to get your kids involved and doing something silly, that. like that I've had some families that we've worked with where they'll sing or they'll hum happy birthday twice before eating, maybe for older kids, that would be better. And they're like, it helps so much. So I don't know. I love that. I think I could probably get their buy-in if I'm like, let's like hum happy birthday and fart noises or something like that. (laughs) We'll do like a body shakeout. And my daughter loves that as well. So we just try to make it fun. And that way everybody's just kind of relaxing before we eat. And, you know, some days it works and some days it's just complete chaos, but you know, I'm like, Hey, if sometimes it's working, that's good. That's all I can Oh ask. yeah. It'll stick. I mean, they'll remember that. And yeah. that's a, that's a very cool thing you're teaching them. I'm going to have to try that. So I'll keep you posted on the happy birthday songs and yes. <laughs> if I can get them to buy in. Now I have one last question for you, Heather, because this is the fuel her awesome show. What is the number one way you like to fuel your awesome? I, I was trying to think about this question beforehand because I saw it when you sent it to me and I'm like, man, there's so many things. Um, but I think right now, because it's springtime in Texas, it's not quite the misery of summer yet. It's walks outside, walks outside. I actually heard something the other day that's like, there is nothing in the world that can't be solved by a walk. And I'm like, I agree. But, and then they said like, even if it can't be solved, it's definitely not going to make it worse. And it's so true. Walking in the sunshine is just so good for your health, your mental health, and you know, can solve lots of problems. So that's what I would say right now. I love that. I'm going to take a walk today. You just inspired me. <laughs> yeah, it's so nice. Cause you know, once it hits summer here, I'm not walking outside. It's oh, way too hot. I can't imagine you guys get the humidity too. Don't you? Yeah. Oh, oh. well, Heather, I'm so grateful for you on the show today. I'm going to link all of your information in the show notes, but for those that are listening, how can they find you and learn more about what you offer? So one thing that is super fun, if anybody's listening and you're thinking, I want to know what's causing my digestive issues, I actually have a really cool, fun quiz. So the quiz is called, Which Popular Song Describes Your Digestive Issues? So you can find out if you are Evanescence or Miley (laughs) Cyrus. Um, So it's a really fun quiz. Anyways, if you just go to drheatherfinley.co backslash quiz, you can take that quiz or you can connect with me on Instagram at Dr. Heather Finley. I love it. Well, it's so great to chat with you. Thank you so much for coming here today and doing what you're doing. I know you're you're changing lives by changing guts and it's awesome. Thank you as well. Gosh, I'm so glad you joined me today. If today encouraged you, would you take a minute and encourage me by leaving a review for the show? I read every single one of these reviews and your words, they mean so much to me. This podcast is here to support you weekly, but it only scratches the surface. To learn more on how you can become an empowered eater, snag my free workshop, how to eat intuitively and hit your goals without obsessing over food at jessbrownrd.com. Don't forget to join me right here next Monday where I cannot wait to fuel your awesome. Cheers, my sweet friend, and happy eating.